Welcome to Steamy Stories. This daily podcast features the best developing authors of love stories, along with exotic journals of passionate and explicit human interaction. Our curators have selected stories each day, bringing a diverse collection of storylines. Some are historic, some are futuristic, but they all relate to the human quest of physical and emotional desires for sexual expression. We delve into the youthful discovery of sexuality. We chronicle the vast expressions of healthy affection and sex drive. We feature the creative ways that real people overcome life's adversities and limitations and still find sexual fulfillment. And we celebrate the successes of people who restore losses in their love life and go on living in a pleasurable and generous way. Balanced sexuality is essential to healthcare for body, soul, and spirit. Subscribe to Steamy Stories podcast in your mobile apps and browsers. And now, today's story. Lost in Eros, Book 2, The Forest Part 11 By Bradenton Larry I don't like this plan, Don, Nicole had said. I don't want to see any more killing. Neither do I, Don replied. We're going to do everything we can to avoid seriously hurting anyone. How much first aid do they teach pre-med students? The answer had been not much, but Nicole had been a Girl Scout and knew some rudiments. So, she was assigned the role of medic for the rescue mission. There it is. Don said, pointing ahead to where he could just see the old ruined castle poking up out of the forest. Let's find some place to land not too far from it. In another minute, responding to Amy's mental commands, the carpet settled down in a small clearing just a short, wooded distance from the castle's gate. Don, Shalonda and Nicole disembarked Nicole quite eagerly and Amy had the carpet carry her back up into the sky. Amy had her instructions. She hadn't liked the thought of being left out of the main action, but had eventually accepted Don's reasoning. At the very least, if Don's plan didn't work, they wouldn't all be captured. With Don taking the lead, the three on the ground set off through the forest toward the castle of the sisterhood. It was only a short walk before they came to another, much larger, clearing in front of the gate of the castle. The gate itself was very old, mostly of wood and actually in surprisingly good condition. It had two valves, and the one on the right was standing open. Two women were there, apparently on guard, though they had placed their spears against the wall and were practicing what looked like crude judo takedowns. Don and the others got halfway across the clearing to them before either of them noticed. Hey, who the hell are you, said one, a tall woman with short, jet black hair. To her credit, her partner, a shorter blonde with longer hair, immediately went to grab both spears and took the opportunity to give a high-pitched whistle through the open gate. I'm Don, and this is my student Shalonda and our medical assistant Nicole, Don said amiably as he continued to approach the castle. Medical assistant, the guard asked as her companion brought her spear. To help if anyone gets injured. Okay, that's far enough, the guard said as she leveled her spear at Don's chest, or you're going to get injured permanently. Don frowned a little at that. He actually suspected that the XYZ would help his, or anyone's, body repair any injury short of death, but he didn't bother to explain this to the dark-haired woman. Instead he said, we're here to collect our friend, who we believe has been a guest of the sisterhood for the last few days. Oh you are, are you, said a voice from above the gate. 
Don looked up to see a beautiful woman, with long black hair spilling over her shoulders, and her armor standing on the battlements over the gate. She certainly seemed to have the regal bearing that would go along with leading the sisterhood. He decided at that moment that this woman would respond better to a particular approach, one of individual dominance. I am, Don nodded. She became separated from us, and has been here. I would be grateful if you returned her. And if I don't, ask the woman, confirming Don's guess as to her role in the sisterhood. Then I'll have to make you, Don smiled. The woman laughed derisively and then said, kill him and take the women. Without hesitation, the two guards drew back to thrust at Don with their spears. Before they could attack though, his staff came up and spun around in a clean arc through the place where the black-haired one's head had been, carrying her down into a crumpled heap on the ground where she lay unconscious. Immediately, Don reversed the momentum of his staff, batting the blonde spear aside, and then brought the other end of the staff around to strike the woman's knee hard enough to buckle her leg painfully in the wrong direction. She cried out in pain before Don stretched her on the ground with a blow to the head. The entire exchange had taken less than three seconds. Don held up his left hand to the half-dozen warrior women, who had by now come through the gate, and who were ready to charge him. We do not want to fight the sisterhood, he said in a loud, calm voice. We only want our friend, Tasha, who is here in your castle. Give her to us and Nicole here will tend to these good women, and we will be on our way. If you do not give her to us, though, I must challenge your leader to personal combat. We do not stoop to fight with men, one of the women in front of Don sneered. She was a big redhead, with a spray of freckles across her face. That sounds like cowardice to me, Don smiled back at her. Take them down, the woman on the wall ordered. At once, the six women, led by the freckled redhead, charged Don and the girls. Don's hypothesis was that the XYZ was supercharging more than just their sex drives, and that if he and Shalonda deliberately sought to direct their energies into good kung fu they would be nearly unstoppable fighting machines. Moreover, he had repeatedly noticed the flexible nature of Eros, in that what a focused mind wanted often made itself available. Don and Shalonda were now throwing themselves into the fray, letting the XYZ course through their veins and expecting the world to bend itself to their will. They leapt higher, dodged faster, and hit harder than seemed humanly possible. In addition, they had a particular advantage thanks to the wizard, their staffs had been enchanted. Though they were still the light, flexible staffs Don and Shalonda had brought from the manor, they were now, for all intents and purposes, unbreakable, and struck with a force much greater than normal. There were additional abilities as well, but they were trying to hold back on those, both to keep at least one of them in reserve as a surprise and because they really didn't want to severely injure anyone. It only took a minute or so before all six of the sisters were lying on the ground around Don and Shalonda, either unconscious or groaning in pain. Nicole quickly began moving about them, checking for broken bones and beginning to bandage ankles and knees. So, Don called to the rest of the sisterhood, who by now were gathered outside the gate or along the walls, you will not stoop to fight a man, but you will stoop to attacking us three to one. That's very brave. I'm quite impressed. I'll take you one on one, little man, said a muscular woman with short brown hair. When I'm done with you, I'll fuck your ass with that staff of yours. Always the ass, eh, Wanda, said a woman from the crowd. Wanda laughed and stepped forward hefting a good-sized battle axe in her strong hands. 
Don smiled at her, if you're nice, maybe I'll fuck your ass with my staff before I'm done with you. The women seemed to like this and laughed at and with Wanda. Though she didn't really seem to mind the teasing, Wanda chose this moment to charge Don. It was a clumsy attack, and Don had no trouble slipping out of the way. His staff flew around and smacked Wanda hard on the butt. He thought the force of her charge would require a few more steps before she could turn, but Wanda surprised him by spinning tightly and swinging her axe across at his midsection. Don sprang back in time, but only just. With impressive speed, she changed the direction of the axe, swept it up and then arcing down at Don's head. Rather than dodging though, Don stepped in and threw his staff up in both hands, to catch the axe haft as it came down. Neither staff nor axe gave way, as Don expected, though Wanda was surprised that the axe hadn't continued right through the apparently more flimsy staff. Don took advantage of her surprise by kicking her very hard in the crotch. Though this didn't have exactly the same effect it might have on a male, it still hurt, and Wanda winced and pulled back. Don pressed the attack, spinning his staff in a withering barrage of strikes aimed at Wanda's head. While she was able to successfully block each strike, Don was able to throw her off balance enough that he was able to slip in close and punch her sharply in the gut. With a loud, OOF, Wanda doubled over, leaving herself open to a decisive rap on the skull that laid her out on the ground. There was a small burst of applause, abruptly cut off, as Don turned to look over the gathered sisters with a cheerful yet derisive smile. He was less astounded by his speed and strength than he was by his endurance, he was barely breathing hard. Anyone else want to do your leader's fighting for her? You're pretty good with that stick, said a beautiful, tall blonde wearing her hair in braids, as she stepped forward. She was wearing a blue sleeveless tunic hanging down almost to her knees and cinched at the waist, leather wristbands and sandals laced up the length of her calves. She had all the beauty of Nordic women, and a muscular build that indicated both strength and speed. She also seemed to be smiling at Don with genuine good nature. She asked, can you measure up without a weapon? Don nodded and said, let's find out. He tossed his staff to Shalonda and bowed to the blonde, adding, I'm Don. Bridget, she nodded. Don was acutely aware of the fact that he had just given any attentive spectators a good demonstration of his basic fighting style. This gave Bridget a possible advantage. She certainly had the fire of intelligence burning in her eyes, so Don assumed she had an actual advantage. As a result of these thoughts he did not rush in to attack her, though a fast step in and sidekick was usually a good move in this kind of situation. He relaxed his shoulders, slowed his breathing, and waited for Bridget to make the first move. Bridget eyed Don calmly as she began to circle him. He noted that she had her hands raised and open, suggesting that she might be a grappler. Though she was ordinarily someone he might enjoy grappling, Don had little taste for wrestling as a form of combat. He was outmassed by the big woman, speed, agility and determination were his assets, two-thirds of which would be sacrificed in a clinch. He turned as she moved, eventually turning his back on the bulk of the sisterhood. Don actually thought they were too caught up in the fun of watching the fight to actually interfere, and he was sure Shalonda would alert him if someone made an unsporting move. Rather than attack him, the sisters were taunting both Bridget and him, telling them to get on with it. Finally, Bridget did just that, taking a few quick steps in Don's direction, but he only danced back laughing. She came in again, 
this time faster and swinging her right fist in a roundhouse. Don had bounced back, though, and to his left. Before she could readjust, he landed two quick blows on her right side. It felt like he'd punched a wall. Bridget rounded on him, but he had already skipped back out of the way. Her smile suggested that his punches hadn't made much of an impression. Don didn't mind that, he was still sizing her up. She came in fast again, but Don could tell she was a bit hesitant, expecting him to evade her she was holding back. Don responded by closing the distance between them. He blocked the blow she aimed at the left side of his head with his forearm and simultaneously punched straight ahead at her nose. There was a satisfying crunching sound as his fist connected. Don didn't leave his fist out there long, but snapped it back in time to block the punch she threw at the right side of his head. If he'd been slower, Bridget's right-left combination would certainly have knocked him senseless. The woman was certainly powerful. He brought his knee up and quickly snapped his heel into Bridget's gut, pushing the two of them apart again. Bridget's nose was bleeding profusely, and she wasn't smiling anymore. Don had to admit that this bout wasn't turning out as playfully as he'd hoped. He thought he'd give the sister a moment to wipe some of the blood off her face, but she came at him again. This time, she tried to close faster and punch straight at him. Don dropped low, under her reach and hit her in the side again, this time much harder. They passed each other and turned, but Bridget took the opportunity to swing her fist backhanded at Don's head. He only pulled back far enough to take the blow on his cheek. The force of the impact knocked him to the side a bit, and he tasted his own blood. Bridget came at him quickly, and Don had to backpedal and block furiously to avoid getting seriously hurt. Finally, he was able to strike upward with the heel of his hand at Bridget's chin. Her head snapped back and she stumbled backward. Don sprang forward, taking two steps and then was high in the air, his foot snapped around with blinding speed and Bridget's head twisted to the side. Don and Bridget landed on the ground at the same time, he lightly on his feet and she heavily on her back. As the crowd of women cheered in spite of themselves, Don knelt quickly to make sure that Bridget was still breathing. Nicole hurried up to check as well. Before they could say a word to each other, Bridget opened her eyes and said, Damn. That was fast. Don smiled down at her, touched his cheek which was already red and starting to swell, and said, It was an honor. Next time, I'm going to kick your ass, you know. I'll look forward to it, he grinned. Enough, a familiar voice barked over the hubbub at the gate. Don looked up to see that the beautiful sister, who had been talking to him from the wall had come down to the gate. Since she was smart enough to lead this group of strong-willed women, Don figured she must realize her predicament. If she had the other women attack Don she would appear weak, even if they succeeded in defeating Shalonda and him, which some of them must now be thinking was no sure thing. If she handed over Tusha she would appear weak. If she just shut the gates on them and let them go away she would appear weak. In fact, if she did anything other than fight him she would appear weak and her authority would be undermined. Bullies were so easy to manipulate, Don thought. Of course, she must now see that there was a very good chance that she would be beaten by Don, which would be no less a disaster, at least from her perspective. She came out in front of the small crowd of women, wearing a metallic breastplate that still managed to show off some cleavage, a skirt of chainmail, metal greaves and braces. Her midriff was impractically bare, though Don certainly didn't mind that. 
Her jet black hair had now been pulled back into a long ponytail. Don thought she was staggeringly beautiful, and the haughty attitude only made her more appealing for some reason. In her hand was a gleaming long sword in particularly good condition. You fight well for a man, she sneered. Don, who had stood up, bowed a little in acknowledgement. I give you the opportunity to go in peace. We will gladly do so if you return our friend to us, Don answered. We will not give you what is rightfully ours. Rightfully yours. Nicole interjected indignantly. Hush, Don said quietly. Then, back to the leader of the sisterhood, we will not leave without her. Very well, she nodded. I will make you submit to me, or you will die. Or you will submit to me, Don smiled easily. I do not submit to men, she spat. Not to men, perhaps, but you will to me. She scowled at him angrily, obviously unused to such impertinence. Finally she said, I will not fight you here, the ground is littered with your sparring partners. Come inside and fight me in our courtyard. No one but me will harm you. Don nodded his acceptance, and turned to take his staff back from Shalonda, who took the opportunity to say, I don't know, Don, she looks mean. Yeah, she does, doesn't she, he grinned. As the three of them approached the gate the sisters made way for them, and Nicole said, just remember, I don't have any bandages big enough for sword wounds. They were led to an open area inside the castle, where the sisters obviously worked out and practiced with their weapons. Some of the sisters and some smaller, obviously less assertive women quickly dragged various bags and targets out of the way, clearing the space for the impending duel. The other sisters climbed up on ledges and walls around the courtyard to make sure they had a good view. Don noticed that Bridget and Wanda were able to come in and take their places on a crumbled section of wall. There were a number of doorways leading into the courtyard, and opposite the point where they'd entered, a set of broad stone stairs led to another open area, where a bunch of chairs were arranged. As soon as everything had been cleared from the area sufficiently, the leader of the sisters took her place near the center of the courtyard, and said, if you need a sword, Bridget can lend you hers. No, that's all right. I wouldn't want to take a chance on cutting that beautiful body of yours, Don smiled easily, as if he was flirting with someone at the local coffee shop. I assure you I have no such reservations about cutting yours. I think that's a lie. What's your name, by the way? Don began to slowly walk toward her across the open ground, his staff in his right hand. Daphne, she snapped. What do you mean you think that's a lie? Well, you might just be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure you don't really want to hurt me. Oh, she laughed, you're quite wrong. Don shook his head a little and said, no, I don't think I am. I think you're starting to think it would be nice if I beat you and carried you off somewhere and ravished you. How dare you? I'll bet it's been a very long time since you were well and properly ravished. What in the world makes you think I'd have the slightest interest in being ravished by anyone like you? The fact that you've let me get this close to you, Don smiled. He was only a foot away from her. Close enough to see her blue eyes quite clearly enough to read the surprise and then anger in them. You bastard, she hissed and leapt back, simultaneously bringing her sword up and around in a blinding arc. Don laughed as he skipped back, temporarily out of range. Daphne followed though, spinning her sword in a furiously fast series of arcs in front of her. That's fancy, Don nodded, but I can do it too. 
He began to spin his staff in a figure-eight motion covering his front and sides. Snarling, Daphne leapt in and swung, counting on her steel blade to cut or bash its way through Don's screen. Instead the sword glanced off, and Don effortlessly reversed the staff's direction to hit Daphne's exposed side. As before, the staff's enchantments imparted greater force than the momentum Don provided would indicate. Cursing under her breath, Daphne snapped her blade around in an arc aimed directly at Don's head. Twisting quickly, Don brought his much lighter weapon up in time to block the strike, catching the blade in the middle of the staff between Don's hands. There was the briefest pause when it was clear to Daphne that her sword should have broken the staff. Don smiled and said, yeah, that's not going to happen, my dear. Is your head unbreakable? She asked, and then quickly snapped her blade around, over her head, to slash at Don from the opposite side. Don blocked this easily, though the edge of her sword was only inches from his scalp. Apparently unconcerned, Don let Daphne wear herself out with a series of strong, fast cuts that he blocked almost casually. When it seemed that she might be slowing down, but before she could change her tactics on her own, Don changed his. He dropped low, into a proper low stance, letting her sword whistle by high over his head, and drove the end of his staff hard into Daphne's belly. He followed this by sweeping the staff at her shapely legs. He managed to catch one and threw it out from under her. Off balance from this double assault, Daphne stumbled backward. Don pursued her, pressing his advantage. It was Daphne's turn to retreat and parry. Three times Don managed to hit her, once more in the gut, once hard across the arm, leaving a bright red mark, and once a glancing blow to the head, which left a slight gash and a smear of blood. This last hit seemed to irritate Daphne more than the others and she launched into another enthusiastic offensive, which was actually rather successful. She managed to leave a shallow cut along Don's left shoulder and actually achieved a solid hit on Don's right shin, which would have crippled him if he hadn't been wearing his shin guards, fresh from the wizard's wardrobe. Pausing slightly in surprise or anger, Daphne let Don get close enough that he struck out with the heel of his hand, hitting her hard in the center of her chest just above her chest plate, where it showed off her cleavage. Daphne gasped and stumbled back again, this time backing up until she tripped a bit on the steps at her back. To her credit, Daphne recovered quickly, stepped up on the stairs, and had her sword at the ready in the second it took Don to launch his next offensive. He drove her up the stairs until she was on the level with the chairs. He heard the sisters clamoring behind him to keep the fight in view. There was a brief exchange, during which the tip of Daphne's sword scratched over the surface of Don's chest armor, Don's staff cracked Daphne's right thigh hard enough to make her cry out and then to favor that leg, and a sword blow, which was deflected by Don's bracer scored a bloody wound on the back of his left forearm. Don seemed not to notice the two wounds he had sustained, and continued to drive Daphne back toward the chairs behind her. When she came up against one she had to devote a minute bit of attention to keeping her balance and maneuvering around these obstacles, and this minor distraction provided Don with the chance to strike her right wrist hard enough to make her drop her sword. As the blade clattered to the stone floor, Don dropped his staff and closed in. Kicking the chair behind her away, Daphne was just barely able to twist aside to avoid the kick Don aimed at her midsection. She got her hands and guard up fast enough to deflect the series of blows he aimed at her head, and then gave him a fast jab, which connected with his brow just above his left eye. Moving in, pushing her back further, Don ignored the blood that ran down past his eye, 
and threw a furious combination of punches and knee strikes at Daphne. Then, suddenly, Daphne was falling backward into a big hole in the floor that Don had only barely noticed. A bit surprised, he still managed to catch her right wrist, but, rather than allowing him to catch her fall, this only meant that he was pulled down with her. Together they landed on what seemed to be a very large, thick mattress. Don landed on top of Daphne, though he was able to brace himself on impact so that he didn't crush her too much. There was a moment when he was able to take in the surroundings, there were bars around the mattress. Surprised, naked men looking in at them from the other side, a battered old mirror, and apparently freshly laundered red sheets before Daphne began to struggle to push him off her. Don was done playing with her, though. He caught her beautiful throat in his left hand and squeezed just a little. Looking down into her livid face, he smiled and said, Now, that's enough. I won and you know it. Daphne spat at him, and he tightened his grip a bit. Don shoved his leg between hers and used his position and leverage to push her strong thighs apart. Reaching down with his right hand, he pushed his palm up along the inside of her leg, under her chainmail skirt. Sure enough, when he got there, he found her already very wet. Don chuckled a little and a drop of blood from his forehead dripped onto her cheek. As he stroked her moist lips, she continued to struggle, but not very convincingly, at least not to Don or to her. He smiled and asked, still going to say you're not interested. I goddamn hate you, she insisted. Then Don pushed his fingers up inside her, and she groaned a little in the bottom of her throat. I don't think that's the same thing, Don smirked as he began to work his fingers in and out of her, cupping his hand over her sex, palm rubbing against her clit. He was aware that the men were watching them, and that the sisters had gathered around the opening through which Don and Daphne had fallen. What they saw was a combination of Don pinning Daphne to the mattress while he roughly handled her, and Daphne sort of struggling while clearly responding to his touch on her. You fucking ruined everything, you bastard, she breathed through clenched teeth. Do you want me to stop? Would you stop if I said yes, she scowled. No. Daphne closed her eyes again, and let a tremor of pleasure pass over her. So quietly that only Don could hear her, she said, good. Don pushed his thigh up between her legs, taking the place of his hand against her crotch. As he fumbled at his pants to push them, and his cup down to free his already half-hard cock, Don leaned down and kissed Daphne. Shocked, she first let him kiss her, then she began to respond, and then she remembered herself and bit at his lip, drawing a bit more blood. Don just laughed and shoved her back into the mattress with the hand around her throat. He knew full well that he wasn't exerting anywhere near enough force to actually hold her down if she really wanted to get out from under him. Then, using his legs and his right hand, Don shoved Daphne's legs apart and settled between them. He shoved her metal skirt up, took his now very hard cock in hand and pushed it down between her legs. Don felt her warm, wet lips embracing his head, and then he pushed himself slowly into her. As he filled her tight pussy, he leaned down and said, You mine now, Daphne. I still hate you, she growled even as she was reaching down to grab his ass and pull him into her. Say it, he said. I'm yours now, she breathed, you bastard. Laughing, Don shoved in the rest of the way, feeling his head hitting her cervix. He rocked there for a moment inside her and pressed against her, before pulling almost all the way out and then driving in again. After several such long, deep thrusts, he felt her hand slipping around his neck and then holding the back of his head. 
Daphne pulled him down to her and kissed him, not grudgingly but passionately, hungrily. They were kissing and biting at each other, as his cock slipped in and out of her fiery pussy. Don maintained the steady, slow, deep fucking until he felt Daphne clenching and squeezing on him, gasping around his tongue and lips as she came long and hard. Don pulled back a bit, looking down at her and asked, who else has ever beaten you? No one, she answered proudly. Don began to fuck in and out of her again, and said, so there's no reason you should ever bow down to anyone but me, is there? She smiled up at him, and for the first time the smile seemed completely without malice, no, there certainly isn't. I'm glad we had this little chat, he chuckled and began to pump in and out of her with increased vigor. Daphne wrapped her long, strong legs around him and pulled him in closer. Don commenced fucking her hard and fast. He had promised her ravishment and that's what he was delivering. Claiming her body as the rightful prize in their fight, Don took her as his own, pushing himself into her with all the energy he had used to best her in combat. Daphne now gave no appearance of anything but enthusiastic participation. No one watching could have any doubt that she was enjoying every moment of the fucking Don was giving her. When she cried out with her second orgasm, Don felt his own spilling over. He thrust deep into her and filled her with his cum, shuddering and trembling as he spewed his seed deep inside her, claiming her in as intimate a way as he could think of. When Don finally stopped coming and had caught his breath, he began to look around a bit for the first time since he had begun taking Daphne. Before he could get a good look, though, she pulled his head down and gave him a brief, passionate kiss. When he pulled back to smile down at her, she whispered, thank you. My pleasure, Don smiled warmly at her. For a fleeting moment, he thought it would be fun to stay here with this Amazon queen and rule this little corner of the forest. Then he remembered what he could never fully forget the need to find Tusha. Withdrawing from Daphne's warm, wet embrace, Don sat back on his haunches. A burst of applause from the men on the other side of the bars around them surprised him. His first instinct was to grin and bow, but he recalled the dynamic he had no interest in undermining and scowled at the men imperiously, and said in a commanding voice, don't think any of you have earned the right to disrespect this woman, your mistress. The applause died off immediately. To be continued. By Bradenton Larry for Literotica. Thanks for joining us for today's steamy story. Come back tomorrow for another tale of explicit romance and passion. We hope you found pleasure in today's story. Be sure to subscribe to Steamy Stories Podcast in your mobile podcasting app. Our podcast server and website also contains our full library of past episodes. Happy dreams.